We're a minute late. Uh, a minute late counts as long as we turn on the stream, Quad Enigma. Fashionably late. How, how dare we be a minute late for a two-hour cast? I know, right? All right for a two-hour cast. Two fucking hours. You guys better be paying me for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All you right, we're online. As long as you like. We'll bribe you Five, with booze later. Four, three, two, and welcome to the Barcast, where the bar gets lower every single week. This week we have your bartenders for this evening. We have Enigmatic Otaku. I told a good joke here that they're all going to deny. Fion Orfer. Good. Gross. Milk. I'm afraid of everybody now. Ravage. Ravage. And we've lost our non-pencil for this evening. If you find her, please um, please call 911 because uh, we're worried she may be drunk. This <laughs> week we have a very special guest. Um, you may know him from the ancient days of the fandom where there were just all of the funny fix, and he has like 90% of them. We have the wonderful Dubs Rewatcher. Listen, I don't know who any of these fucking people are. So if you're out there, call for help because um, you're being held here against my will. No one can hear you scream. For those... <laughs> no, 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 Priest, it's no one can hear you meme. Shut up, Enigma. Yeah, but, but Flutter, Flutter, please, I, I am very flattered by those uh, blatant lies you just broadcast. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here to do. Lie and make people feel good. Also, don't actually call an ambulance. So, um... For those who are tuning in for the very first time, welcome to the BarCast. We are a user-submitted podcast where we take guests that you recommend to us. We ask them to politely come on, and then we ask the same questions that you want us to ask them. So we make them miserable for two hours. It's great. Uh, we also, in addition, have a drinking word. Milk, what is our drink? I don't think we chose one yet. The drinking God. word is ah. Uh. Anytime we say ah. Uh, what Great. wasn't it? Wasn't it whenever Equestria Girls is mentioned? No. Oh yeah, Equestria Girls. No, it's totally it. Milk, why are you so bad at this? I don't. I. You know what? I spent a whole day in the sun, and they gave me lots of beer. I, the fact that I managed to drive home today is kind of a miracle. <laughs> Did I do a good? No. Whatever gave you that option, that idea? Oh, I just. You know, I just. Uh, in addition, we're also watching the Twitch stream for any questions that you guys have there. So if you have any questions, feel free to post them live and we'll ask them. So, on to actual interview-based questions. Rude if we didn't. Uh, Dubs, go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you and what, are you, what have you done before for the banner? Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, you've got to remember that Milk's avatar is like a goddamn pigeon. So you've got to be amazed that he can re even remember his own name. <laughs> um, but anyway, my, about myself. Uh, hi, I'm Dubs Rewatcher. Um, I've been in the fandom for over six years now, writing fan fiction that entire time. Um, I am a Questory Daily pre-reader, um, Royal Canterlot Library featured author, um, Radoff Association gold medalist. Um, I've written a lot of stories, some of which are good, um, a large majority of which are lacking. And uh, I'm very glad to be here. Yes. Wonderful. And we actually have our very first question from chat. Um, first question from the chat is from a non-pencil. Question, Dubs, what does your penis look like? Also, follow-up, 
don't actually answer that. Oh, I was going to answer. I got my answer. Oh, go for it. Um, I was going to say uh, depressingly average. <laughs> or it could be it could be averagely depressing. Um, so special for Equestria Daily Month, we have kind of two follow-up questions. Uh, the first one is, how did you get into the fandom? How did – oh, God, this is a – so basically – so I was a freshman in high school, um, right when the right when 2000 right when 2011 came around and like everything hit. Um, at the same time, I was also a frequent poster on 4chan. I was on the slash you know, slash board, which is as you know where everything got started. Um, and I remember as the fandom sort of started, um, I sort of saw here and there little bits of it coming out, kind of coming to my attention. I remember the one very vivid memory I have was seeing a um, a talkback thread after um, Griffin the Brush Off aired. And knowing, like, my little knowledge about what the, the show was and being, like, a stupid 14-year-old, I saw the title Griffin the Brush Off, and I assumed it was about a competition to see who could best brush a griffin. Um, so as you can see, the, the show didn't really appeal to me at first. Um, but then it was about, um, I guess, probably June or May 2011, and I was in my school's anime club with my friend Emmanuel um, when a dude who we knew named Sam um, walked up to us. Um, he had his laptop open. He put it down on the table that we were at and said, hey, I need you guys to watch something. Um, so we put in the headphones, we pressed play, and of course, it was, uh, the episode, it was episode 14, uh, Suited for Success. Um, and he made us watch the entire thing, and, um, Emmanuel had no idea what it was. I had some small idea, uh, and so we watched the entire thing, and then I went home and I was like, wasn't that weird? And then I realized I was on YouTube and I was looking up the theme song. And then a few minutes later, I was looking up uh, Art of the Dress. And then um, a month later, it was like 3 a.m. and I was reading fan fiction on my computer. And uh, it's all been downhill from there. Awesome. And for a follow-up question, special for Equestria, how did you get Equestria Daily? How did I get into Equestria Daily? Well, when the fandom first started, Equestria Daily was like the site. Um, you really couldn't go, you couldn't take two steps without bumping into like something that had been posted on Equestria Daily or something that was going to be posted on Equestria Daily. Um, so I obviously knew about it right from the beginning. Um, the first time I ever actually had any real contact with anyone on Equestria Daily was um, 2014 when um, I contacted Pascalite, who some people might know. Um, Pascal White is probably one of the longest-running pre-readers, and he has a thing where um, he won't publish a story until it gets posted on Equestria Daily so that he can sort of, like, cross-promote it. And so I had asked him at the time, how do you do that? Like, what's the trick to doing that? And he answered me, and that was the first time I ever talked to him. Um, so then I started sort of, and then that was about the time that I got into the Write-Off Association, and lo and behold, uh, lots of Write-Off Association members uh, are people who were also Equestria Daily pre-readers. There was sort of a crossover there. Um, so I got to becoming friends with a lot of the pre-readers, especially Pascalite. Um, and then I guess about, I guess it would have been about two years ago now, um, Pascalite had been sort of helping me on and off with my stories, helping me edit, helping me get them on the site. Um, and then he made me an offer and he said, you know, we are always looking for new pre-readers. So if you want to be one, tell me and um, I, we can send you this test. You know, you can, you can see like, how do you review stories? How do you do this? How do you do this? and we can see whether or not you want to become a pre-reader. And so I said, you know, that would be really cool. Maybe not right now. Let me start school and see how busy I am, and then we'll check it out. 
a course and I started college and everything was horrendously busy and I never got back to it. But then a year later, um, when I went to um, Baltimore for the first time, um, I actually stayed at Pasquite's house. And while I was there, he basically made me the offer again. He said, you know, we really, we really think you'd be a good fit. Um, I, I've seen your work. I think you're really good for this. Um, and so the day after uh, I came back from BronyCon, um, I said, okay, let's do this. And he made me a pre-reader. And it's been about a year and two months now since I became a pre-reader. Awesome. Nice. So next question. Uh, what is your favorite part of the fandom? Do you say it's the online community, fan fix, the cons, the music? Yeah, so I was I was actually talking about this with someone when I was in Baltimore, um, I guess back in August. Um, so, you know, BronyCon has an average attendance of like 7,000. And then if you go to Quill and Sopas, which is the writer's lounge, at most there's only ever like 50 people in there. So I had this realization, I was saying to myself, what the hell are these people here for? Because I, like, I've been so insulated into the writing part of the fandom. I just have no idea what, what's going on. I went to the, um, the whose line is it anyway thing, which has, which has like all the YouTube personalities. And I had no idea who they were. And yet you had like 10,000 people there like chanting their catchphrases along with them. And I was saying to myself, what the hell is going on here? So, I mean, really the only thing I can answer is writing just because that's been the part of the fandom I've been in for six years now. I made I made one um, PMV once, but I never I never got into that side of the fandom. It's always been writing for me. It's just been ride or die writing. Totally fair. Uh, if there's one thing you could say to followers, your fans, or even your haters, what would it be? Uh, I'm hot as hell. <laughs> um, but let's say, um, I mean, I think they already know that. Uh, so I mean, I I guess I. I really do appreciate all my fans and followers. Um, like, I, I really hate my, yeah, yeah as Anon, Anon Pencil just said to me, I am very modest too. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm very down on my writing, like, especially my prose, I hate my prose. And I always go back to my writing and I'm like, oh God, what do people see in this? But I mean, apparently people like it. And like people in the fandom, people with outside the fandom too, since I do do some like original fiction writing. Um, so I really do appreciate all of them. In terms of haters, I've only ever gotten hate mail twice, and neither time it was for my writing, it was for other stuff. So in terms of haters, I mean, I, I think I'd probably just go back to point one, I'm hot as hell. All right, and now it's time for the most difficult question of this podcast. Prepare yourself. We're going to get political. Oh, boy. Who is best pony? Yeah, I saw that coming from a fucking mile away. Um, oh God, I mean, I, I, I answered this in the Royal Canterlot Library interview, and my answer was, it's kind of a cop-out, but both of my answers aren't actually ponies. Um, number one has to be Human Twilight. Um, like, like, I guess two years ago, she and Sunset were sort of du dueling for number one, but now it, it's got to be Human Twilight. She's the only character in the however, however many years the show has been running, six or seven years, that I actually related with it in any level. Um, I, I think she's freaking adorable. Um, I, oh gosh, like Equestria Girls in general makes me happy as hell, but um, Human Twilight makes me even happier than hell. So I got to answer Human Twilight. Man, should we, should we take a shot right, right there? He mentioned it. Oh God, like, right. <laughs> that was just like three or four shots. So just... uh, get, get, give me a second. I got to chug. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, 
What else you got for me? All right. Um, I had to. All right. So now we're going to get ready to jump into the questions that the viewers are dying for your answer. So first of all, taking one directly for Twitch, uh, David Silver from Pony Funder asks, hello, are okay. you a spontaneous slash discovery writer, as in you just kind of figure out what you're writing as you go, or a planned writer, in that everything you make super rigid and exactly happen point B? Um, first of all, I, David Silver, I'm sorry. I think I, I think I rejected a thick of yours from Equestria Daily like a year ago. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, but now to answer your question, um, I actually had a conversation the other day with um, Novel Idea, um, if anybody, any of you know who that is. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I made some comment where someone, someone said something like, oh, I'm just trying discovery writing. And I said, what the hell is discovery writing? And Novel Idea said to me, you're kidding, right? And I said, nope, never even heard of that. Um, and I think that sort of says everything. Um, I am not a discovery writer at all. Like if I try and write something like just all like on the fly, I get really frozen up. I need to have like a really good outline. Like if you look, I'm writing a story right now for the current um, write-off contest this weekend. Um, and my, just my outline is a thousand words. It's outlined every single scene. Um, a lot of dialogue is outlined out. Um, I really need that if I write because um, I get so hung up on my prose, like I do not have time to get hung up on my plot too. Fair enough. All right. So now we're going to jump to some of the questions that are out in the thread. And our first question comes from that other, other guy who is back to including his, oh, screaming anthology. Hold on. Ah. Am I going to hear screaming? What's going on here? I'm finally out of the hospital. I'm also halfway through my novel. I'm thinking of publishing or posting on Fifth Fiction to make profit. How much do you guys make from your stories? I'm guessing thousands of dollars. Um, well, first of all, um, other, other guy, um, good luck on your novel. Uh, I'm glad that the people are working. Um, in terms of money I've made, um, the most money I've ever made from any single thing was I made $500 off of writing a children's book. Um, that was, that was a cool assignment. There was a dude, <laughs> so it's actually story time about this. Uh, I got hired by a dude in Australia, um, and he interviewed me for the job. And I don't remember anything about the interview except for the last question, which was, have you ever had an experience that you can classify as paranormal? Um, and Jesus. I, and I had no idea what he meant. And so I said, do you, I, I asked him for clarification. And he said, well, you know, have you ever confronted something that you could possibly say was a ghost? And <laughs> I had no idea how to answer this. Because I was like, oh, God, is he trying to test if I'm crazy? Is he trying to test if I'm as crazy as him? What's going on here? Um, so I finally answered. Um, you know, I've had many experiences that I can say I don't know the answer to, but I'm not entirely sure I can chalk it up to being a ghost. And then his answer was, I understand. I understand. And, well, in any case, he gave me the job, so I guess I answered right. Um, so I got $500 of him for writing a children's book. Um, I used to do commissions um, on my alternate account. Um, the most I ever made off of that was probably, I think I made $120 in one story. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, my rate at the time was $8 per thousand words. Um, and I did, I actually did quite a few commissions, which was nice. Um, but at the same time, I write so slowly that it's like not a good way to, for me to uh, make a living. Um, but it was a nice sort of just supplement to my income at the time when I was trying to get through uh, the first, second year of college. 
Totally cool. Um, how do you find uh, jobs? Just kind of like a follow up question. How do you find jobs related to like writing children's books where like uh, people are just looking for for writing and things like that? Or is there like an audition process? How do you find a job like that? Um, the way I found it is there's a website called Upwork, which is um, a freelancing website, um, U-P-W-O-R-K. Um, and so you can basically search anything there. Basically, you can search any sort of job. And so the two kind of, kind of jobs I was searching were writing and editing. Um, and so, it's, you know, you search it up, you get a big list of people who are looking for workers. Um, there was a dude who was asking, he wanted a children's book written for his niece. Um, so I contacted him and he hired me. Um, in terms of other stuff, I mean, in getting writing jobs, uh, I'm afraid I don't have much experience in like the actual professional, you know, writing job world, unfortunately. Um, I think a lot of it is just sort of, you know, they, they always say, uh, whenever I read any of these, you know, tips on how to get jobs, like even apply to jobs, like even if you, you're not sure you're qualified, um, cause like the, the, the worst you get is you waste a little bit of money. Like if they have like an application fee. Um, but I'd say, you know, sort of be confident in your writing, be confident in your skills, um, apply in places you think are good for you. Totally fair. I think a lot of people are interested in, in, um, that sort of segue of taking from pony writing to actual writing. So that's good information to have. Um, final question from that other, other guys, what is the worst ship you can come up with? Oh God, worst ship. Um, oh, uh, mm. Worst ship. I got, I got to think about like, like, what do we mean by worst here? Do I mean like, like worst as in it would make me like recoil in fear or worst as in aesthetics or worst as, as in like moral implications? Um, but one half of it has got to be twist because I don't like twist. Um, <laughs> and then the other half, I don't know. Um, I don't know, twist in a speeding bus. Oh my God. I... Um, I approve. Please write this. <laughs> I wrote, no, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote um, Sunset in a speeding bus once. Um, didn't end up well for her. Oh, I could, I could totally see it. I mean, she just probably got railed anyway. Is the bus going to explode once it reaches 55 miles per hour? It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's not 55, is it? Oh, oh, sorry. I was thinking Back to the Future. Never mind. Nah. Different reference. References. All right, now we're going to questions from Two Mare, who starts by saying, whoop. Um, two Dudley's washer. Number one, <laughs> what is the most fucked up thing you've masturbated to? Oh, God. Um, I, I can't answer this question, or, or else like, I would get like, like awful, awful looks from like God. Um, <laughs> that's totally and fair that, and that is why we're here you could just leave you could just say I'm, pass yeah i'm pass i'm, I'm pleading the fifth on this one all right question number two. Oh, jesus christ what have you done to me this is so long all right hold on uh, i'm gonna try and get this first time what the fuck is wrong with you how could anyone get off to the idea of tying a little filly down and licking her tiny body all over nibbling her neck and kissing her adorable little nipples only a heartless monster would think about her cute girlish mouth and tongue wrapped around a thick 
cock, slick with oh, her Jesus saliva, pumping it in and out of her muzzle until it erupts, and then coming more down her little throat can swallow. The idea of thick, viscous semen overflowing and dribbling down her chin onto her fuzzy chest and tiny hooves, scooping it all up and watching her suck up every last drop is just horrible. You're a sick pervert thinking about spreading her thought soft thighs, cock poised at the interest of her pure, tight, virginal pussy. I'm disgusted that you would even get more excited as you lean over her, listening to her quickening breath, her girlish moans and gasps while you hasten your strokes, her sweet, panting, warm moist on your face, and her chest rising and falling rapidly to meet yours. It is truly nasty how you would run your hands all over her tiny body while you violate her, feeling her nipples hardening as you pinch them between your fingers while you kiss her neck, savoring her, the scent of her fur and sweat as she trembles from the stimulation and reaches her climax, hearing her cry out softly as she has her first or orgasm while your cock is buried impossibly deep inside her, pulsating violently as an intense amount of hot cum spurts forth and floods through her freshly deflowered pussy for the first time, filling her womb only to spill out of her sickening squelch. You are truly a degenerate piece of scum. Did Chris write that? Yes. Okay, oh, moving on. Number three. <laughs> Number three. On a completely unrelated note, who's best Philly? Who's best Philly? Um, I used uh, I used to have a thing with my friend um, Mokhtar when we used to watch the early series. Um, whenever we saw Scootaloo, um, there was two jokes we would make about her. Um, one was that her voice sounded like Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. Um, and, the, and the other one was that her wings were too small to actually be wings, so they must have been tumors. Um, so we used to call her tumor trunks. Um, so I've always, so she's always had sort of a soft spot in my mind. Um, and actually, to be fair, um, I've, used, I've used the word scootaloo as a password in lots of different places. Mm. Um, but if I had to think about, oh, actually, I do actually have, I do have an answer for this. Um, best Philly has got to be um, Plaid Stripes from uh, Saddle Review. Um, because when, when she gave that line bingo, I swear to God, I was quoting that for like a week, like out of, like, <laughs> out of context, I would just type in all caps, bingo. <laughs> all right. Number four, what story are you most proud of slash enjoyed writing the most? Um, I'd say the story I'm most proud of, I, I, I go back to it a lot and I think about, because like, I, I really do like it, is I have a story called The Nightmare I Need, which is a um, three-chapter uh, sort of dark romance story, um, Human Twilight slash uh, Sunset. Um, and that took me about a year to write. Um, well, actually, the, the first draft took me a day to write, and then it took me a year to edit it into the um, state it's in now. Um, and I still have a few issues with it. I think the beginning isn't great. Like the very first scene, I think isn't great. Um, but on the whole, I'd say that is probably the one I'm the most proud of. Um, I think I really got Sunset of Twilight's chemistry down. Um, I think that the story is clever. Um, I think that it's funny in places that it should be funny. Um, I think I got the characterization really great. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably that story. All right. And then number five, favorite and least favorite ships. Uh, favorite, well, favorite ship has got to be um, Sunset X Human Twilight. Yeah. Um, and then least favorite, oh God, um, what is my, it's got to be a common one, like everyone ships. Mm. Um, least favorite. It's, it's weird because like, I, I don't, I don't like, get, like, I know a lot of people who like get like straight up angry at, sh at ships. 
like they'll see a ship and be like, oh my God, I hate this. And they'll download it. I've, I've never really been that kind of person. So in terms of least favorite ship, um, I think that I, the only thing I'm going to say right here, I, I, I guess vinyl X Octavia, I think okay. is cliched. Like when, like even when early fandom, I, I, I mean, I, I see why people ship it. And I think a lot of vinyl X Octavia stuff is cool. But at the same time, like I always wrote them as just either friends or in, I had one thing where I wrote them as cousins. Um, because I thought that was a much more interesting relationship than uh, shipping them. Mm, that makes sense. And actually, cousins seems actually a lot more believable, to be completely honest. They're yeah, kissing it was, it cousins. Was... Oh, God. Um, wow. But, but I mean, it, I, thought, I thought it was cool because um, when I wrote them as cousins, there was sort of like a, um, a family rivalry between them, um, aside from the fact that they are so different as characters. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like, oh... Yeah, there's my cousin who went off to do this retarded music. And then, yeah, it starts a rivalry like that. Yeah, no, but that, that actually would make for a good story, to be completely honest, yeah. I tried writing that story for about, like, a year and a half, and it just never came out. You, you quit after a year and a half? God damn, I would feel so horrible after putting it <laughs> for a year and a half. And then be like, you know what, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't. I mean, to be fair, I never actually wrote any of it. I it was just like me, like brainstorming for like a year and a half and like writing down ideas. Um, oh, okay. But um, yeah, it it was it was it was hard because like I had so many ideas for it. Hmm. All right. Um. Now, questions for 1973 Emmy Award winning documentary Four Stones for Kanemitsu. I'm guessing that's Flam. Wait. Fucking what? It, wait, wait, it literally says four stones for Kanemitsu, and I don't know who that's is supposed that, to be. Is that the question, or is that the username? That's the that's the person that they're trying to ask questions to. Like, full mayor's big, two mayor's thing is that he misspells and purposely messes up people's names, but I think this one took it a step too far, because I have no idea. 1973 award-winning documentary, four stones for Kanemitsu. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Um. Well, the first question I, is, who's your favorite story by Dudley? Wait, who the what? Who's Dudley? <laughs> Who the fuck is Dudley? I think Dudley is me, because that, isn't that what someone else called me? Dudley's washer! No, it, yeah, it is! So, I guess they're asking us, what's our favorite story by Dubs? And I think my favorite, honestly, is And the Kitchen Sink. I mean, oh, it's a course, classic. Of course it is. That's the only it's one a classic! Fucking, that's the only one anyone's fucking read. <laughs> it's a classic. Actually, like... That story is one of the ones that brought me into fan fiction because I listened to it being read by Mike the Microphone, and I was like, I could do this. I can write funny things that people will read. People read me, please. But, <laughs> well, that, well, that's nice to know. So, no, you, you are a major influence in the writing community, especially in the old days. Aw, I never knew that. I always thought people just didn't even know my name. Like, I remember when I went onto the question thread, like I was skimming it, and the one thing, because this is this is the kind of person I am. I was like skimming it. And the one thing that popped out to me is like the fourth post was like I'd never heard of this guy, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> it, it's weird because there are people in the writing area that are like infamous. Like for the longest time, people are like, oh yeah, I love my little dashy. Who, who wrote it? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, so now we started this thing. And it's like ever whenever Rob's around, it's like, is that the guy who wrote my little dashy? Yeah. And it's it's insane. And what sucks is that we did that at BronyCon and three people like non-ironically went up to him and were like, you really, you wrote my little dashy. It means so much to me. And he was just so <laughs> mad. 
He was just so mad at us. <laughs> anyway. So, so the, the curse of success. So I'm looking at your stories here, and I have one, one of your stories I have favorited, the, uh, the, att the attempted assassinations of Twilight Sparkle. Oh, good. And, and another one is Dinky versus the Moon. Yeah, that one that one's cool. Um, I wrote that for a write. Actually, I wrote both of those for a write-off. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that people like them. Dinky versus actually, the Moon. I was, I was stressing out over like right right when right when the write-off ended because I remember I was just like, oh god, none of this is funny. How do I make this funny? I was like, oh god. Um, but thankfully, yeah, I think that people like it, which is nice. I think I remember. Um going up against the uh the assassinations of twilight sparkle uh when i wrote uh permission to land in the write-off i didn't do very well but i know you did well what do you know what round that was because uh, it, it was under because my because that thick um attempted assassinations was under a different name when it was in the write-off i honestly don't know but i remember i remember seeing it get posted on film fiction and i remember reading it when it was actually in the write-off and I was I was coming off the high of getting the silver medal the week before, beaten by Leafs, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, we can do good." And then I got smashed. I I, I love Leafs. You know you know that I met Leafs in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leafs is like my favorite person. Um, so if he, if he's watching this, I don't actually know if he is. Um, if he is, uh, you're cool. Leafs is watching right now. Leafs actually helps out with the cast from time to time. So. Uh, moving on to number two from Mayor of Final Question. Uh, thoughts on Game of Thrones Season 7? It's really good. Don't spoil uh, things for people. Unfortunately, I, I hate to, break, I hate to uh, burst your bubble. I actually do not watch Game of Thrones. Thank um, you. I've only ever seen... I've seen half of the first episode. Um, but I actually... I, I watched half of the first episode with my sister, and then my mom banned it from the house. Um, oh. and, this despite, and, and, this, and this was despite the fact that... Um, I think I was 19 at the time, and my sister was like 31. <laughs> um, Wait, what? But she, but she banned it from the house, and so I, and so like, and besides the fact, like, I've never been a big fantasy, despite the fact that I am into the show, which has magic, magic, and dragons, and all that. I've never been a big fantasy guy, so I really don't have any interest in seeing it. Mm. Did Did your mother ban it because of the incest, and she didn't want you and your sister having ideas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think we were at risk for that, but I, I, I do think that the incest was a big part of it. Moving on, <laughs> questions from Tony Montana. Number one, what is your funniest story? What is my funniest story? Um, the answer I always get for this is um, I have a story called um, uh, How the Half-Naked Santa Saved Christmas. Um, it was a story I wrote as a present for um, Majin Sikyo um, because we were doing that, was it like the Jingle Miss Secret Santa Project that Wanderer D set up? I think it was Wanderer D. Um, uh, I and thought it was obsolescence. It might have been obsolescence. Yeah, 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 I think it was. Um, and so I was doing that, and so that was a story I wrote for Majin. Uh, and that story I think is very, very funny. Um, but at the same time, I it's it's one of those cases where I mean I wrote it two years ago, and so now I reread it, and I find out I'll find all these problems. Um, like oh god, if I, if I were to write write this again, I would do this different. I would do this different. Um, but if I had to answer my funniest story, I would say that, or I would answer um, attempted assassinations of Twilight Sparkle, since uh, people apparently found that one very funny, despite the fact that the ending sucks. All right. Number two. What is the worst dub that you have ever rewatched? <laughs> um, the worst dub I've ever rewatched. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't really rewatch a lot of dubs, um, so I'd have to be just the worst dub I've ever seen in general. Um, the worst, oh, man. 
it's unfortunate because like when I, when I watch anime, I tend to watch it in the Japanese. Um, so I don't really watch. Um, I th I think that a lot of the Dragon Ball Z early dubs were very bad. Um, I had a friend who was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z for a while, so um, I I know a lot about it. Um, what else is there? Um, Dragon Ball Z. Um, a lot of the Sailor Moon dubs are pretty bad. Um, a lot of the yeah, I, I guess it, like the name dubs rewatcher doesn't come from anime, un unfortunately. Um, that's something that some people know and some people don't. Um, it actually comes from 4chan. Um, so unfortunately, I don't watch a lot of dubs. So I'm not sure I can really adequately answer this question aside from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, so Moon. it would be more accurate to rename you Dubs Checkem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, number three. Please explain why film fiction will always be better than Equestria Daily. <laughs> well, um, I guess it depends on what you mean by better. Um, FIM fiction definitely has a lot more to Actually, I mean, I guess they're for two, two different things. I mean, FIM fiction is uh, a lot more stories, um, a lot, and technically a lot, oh, it has more good stories than Equestria Daily does just because there's a lot of good stories that never get submitted. Um, Equestria Daily, we like to keep it, you know, what we think is the best stories. We try to keep up the standard of quality. Um, and then, of course, there's all the other fandom stuff. And then, of course, there's Seth being Seth. Of course. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I tell, tell a story about Seth and his most recent scheme? Um, please, please so give us I, more I dirt on Seth. I, I love schemes. So yeah, so if, if, if you've never talked to Seth, um, he's, he's, a very, he's a nice guy, but he's also extremely, extremely eccentric. And one of his um, sort of defining qualities is that every, seems like every month or so, he has a different like scheme or a different plan for how he's gonna like change his life. Like our one, one month he was like, okay, I'm gonna like start a marijuana farm. Uh, the next month he was like, okay, I'm gonna start like, you know, uh, uh, making plushies and selling them for like $200 a pop. Um, and so Seth's most, most recent plan is something he saw on Reddit, which is now he's going around to um, car dealerships and he's signing up for all their newsletters, so they send him free Amazon gift cards. What? Oh, so, so, he's, so he's making like, he's made, I don't know how much money he's making, but it seems to be enough that he thinks it's worth it. But yeah, he basically, he signs up for these newsletters and they send him like free Amazon gift cards as a way of convincing him to buy a car. Okay. And he's never gonna buy a car. So he's just getting these Amazon gift cards. And then occasionally they'll do these things like you can go down to the dealership and they have like a, like an all-you-can-eat buffet around there, so it's like an open house, and so he'll do those too. You know, you know, I was so sure you're gonna say that he started a business where he sells pot in the plushies. <laughs> oh my god! We need to suggest this to him. We need to like, dude, dude. If, if things go well, we'll have Seth in three weeks, and we'll have to ask him about how his schemes have happened. Work. Yeah. Can I, can I order right. three? Can I order three tree hugger plushies from him? <laughs> it would be like the whole Lyra thing, so that you stick your hand up the back, but instead of a flashlight, there's just a huge bag of weed just right you in there. At, at, at BronyCon, I saw I saw one of those plushies. Someone had them in quilts and sofas, and they were. I saw it too. In in, in in the the compartment, they were storing a battery. Yeah, the rechargeable battery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I remember that. Who was I, it? It might have been it, it, balloons. Was it balloons? No, no, it was Crunchy. Crunchy's a, a guy who hangs out with Rob a lot. It was Crunchy. Oh, he's, okay. he's got a video of himself on uh, Derpy Brew somewhere where he's got a one of his e-cigarettes jammed in the back end of it, and he takes a shot off of it. 
Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Crunchy's cool like that. Every day we go further from God's light. Or closer, right. depending on the type of God. So, now a question for Priest. <laughs> Am I a dove lover? I don't get the reference, and it's probably a reference to something. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, um, there's do dove, Doves are nice. That's all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a dove's rewasher. The fuck are you saying to me? Moving on. You want to fight There's me? A... <laughs> Dubs, you would beat the shit out of Enigma. Just saying. <laughs> like, Enigma is a twig. You would just pull up your hand. Like, I met both of you in real life. And Dubs would raise his hand to strike. And Enigma would just go like, eh. My favorite part of this is in, is in the middle of you talking him down. Enigma just muted. <laughs> I must, I must warn you, Dubs. I'm a, I'm, um, I'm a licensed white belt, the scariest color of all. <laughs> oh, there is a question for Enigma, actually. If I told you that you weren't shit, how would you respond? For really, really, for realsies. Moving on. Oh. <laughs> there's a question now. There's questions from RK Striker JK5, who starts by asking Dubs, "What's your favorite non-MLP franchise?" Oh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Pokemon. Um, Pokemon is it, I, I've been been watching and playing since I was a very little kid. I've played almost every single game. Um, it's the only only um, series that I've ever had any interest in writing for. That's the only fandom I've ever had any interest in writing for, aside from uh, this one. Um, so it's got to be that. Um, in terms of, like, also, also, in terms of, like, I know way more about it than I should, and, like, I'm way more obsessed with it than I should be. Mm -hmm. um, I also love Tron. Um, I wrote a 20-page paper on Tron for my, as my final for, um, for high school. Interesting. And actually, the follow-up question was, uh, have you written a fanfic for non-MLP franchises? Nah, um, occasionally I do want to um, write one for Pokemon, because I, I do think I could write a good one. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, no. It's, I just don't have enough interest in it to actually do it. I, I've read um, a few Pokemon fanfics, um, but I've never written one, no. All right. Now we have questions from Sunbro for Life. Who says number one? What's your favorite video game? Uh, favorite, I, I, this was actually one of the questions that um, I, I saw beforehand, so I, I was thinking about this. Um, in terms of favorite video game, it's probably gonna be a, a no, not even a tie. I'd say I have to give it to um, the World Ends with You um, for the Nintendo DS. Um, that is probably the, my favorite game of all time. I think I like that more in like every single way than any other game. Um, after that, it would have to be one of the Legend of Zelda games, either Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild, just came out this year and I loved. Oh, I need to play Breath of the Wild so much. It's All right. so damn good. It's so damn good. You didn't say Golden Sun, so that was the incorrect answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I have never played um, Golden Sun, so I, I can't say that. It's fine. Fire Emblem's better. Moving on. <laughs> oh. Number two, uh, what is your favorite boss fight? Oh, favorite boss fight. Um, crap. This is actually I, this one I, I did not see, so I was not prepared for this one. Uh, favorite boss fight. Um, I I love um in both the Wind Waker and in Twilight Princess when you have the one on one one sword duels with Ganondorf. 
those are both awesome. Um, in the world ends with you. There are some cool boss fights that are also annoying as hell, just because the all the and all the villains in that game are really charismatic, really well designed. Um, so it's always cool to fight them because you actually like feel like you want to kick their ass. <laughs> um, uh, I'd say yeah, I'd say in terms of boss fights, those are probably the ones that are the most memorable to me. Either um, sword fights in Zelda, or um, probably fighting Katanji in the world ends with you. All right, and then number three. <clears throat> accepted Skeletor, the master of the universe, into your heart? Yes, I have. All right. I think like, all my roommates are here, like, like in the house, and I'm pretty sure they can like, hear me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. this, is good. this is a good day. All right. Number four, you are in the small horse shire, and what kind of business do you open? I'm in the small horse shire. What kind of business do I open? Um, oh, can I start my own um, professional wrestling promotion in Ponyville? Probably, yeah. Hell yeah, I'd do that. Why is oh. it that I'm imagining that you're wrestling horses? Well, yeah, I mean, if, 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 it's if just I'm, you if, wrestling horses, not horses <laughs> wrestling each other. So, so, so when I when I get to the small horse shire to open my store, am I am I a human or if I have I transformed into a small horse to match? I, I think that's up to the opinion that like that's up to discretion, but okay, well, I, I, I just see this has to be a fanfic now. Like <laughs> someone like someone goes from human land to Equestria land and then decides, you know what, first thing we gotta do, I'm gonna open a wrestling thing. And the other ponies are just like, What? What why would we fight? But <laughs> and and then and then and then he like Barista bombs Rarity into the ground, and then everyone's just like, oh, cool. Now oh, we see why. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to do that to her. <laughs> and then someone grabs Twist and hits her with a pile driver. Someone oh. comes up with a chair, and just right behind Princess Twilight when she's trying to stop the commotion, she just gets decked <laughs> in the head with the chair. Yeah. <laughs> All the ponies have different like names, even though they're masked, and it's pretty clear exactly. I didn't, who didn't, it is. I didn't one of us talk about this? Like, if they were to become like luchadors, what would their what would their names be? There is the Princess is of Pain. <laughs> there is a comic featuring Shirley and one of the other ponies where they dress up fucking superhero spandex luchador whatever you want to call it and they fucking wrestle is hilarious oh yeah there is i remember i remember when that came out <laughs> i wanted to buy it um but i, I never got around to it yeah i actually am interested oh it is so it's, worth reading it's it is so it is so 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 worth reading is, isn't it something like cheerily's cousin is a professional wrestler um i don't remember i gotta go back and read it again wwe questria <laughs> Anyway, moving on, moving on. Number five. I need to know for a friend, how much root beer does it take to make everyone in the world a root beer float? Um, how, much, how much root beer does it take to make one root beer float? Well, so we'll say it's in a general glass like you get at a diner, right? And usually the diner gives you two scoops of ice cream per root beer float. And, with a, and usually between half and, or we'll just say for for that you get a whole eight ounce can of root, of root beer for the for the uh, for the treat. So if we assume only one person, one float per person, you multiply that by the current population of the Earth. Which is yeah, but I, I would I would also round it up. So like like say the current population is at like seven point five billion. 
I would round it up to like 8 billion um, rupees because you want to have extras in case someone like breaks their rupee before they can like make the rupee float. Right, but do we want to account for the variable of breakage? Because then that just makes things more complicated than it needs to be. But I'm all well, for that too. No, that it would be more like in the preparation like process. So you'd actually be looking at somewhere around 64 billion four ounces of root beer. No, welcome I'm just the, imagining welcome Homer to the Simpson mask. driving by and screaming, NERDS! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Final question from some bro for life. Do you even praise, bro? Uh, I don't play Dark Souls. <laughs> I just know that that's what this question is about. Um, so I'm going to say no. Sunbro is so disappointed. Now we're moving on to questions <laughs> from Patchwork Poltergeist, the previous... Uh, oh, awesome. Patchwork Poltergeist. Poltergeist was really fun when we had her on. Extremely wonderful guest. She has three questions for you, it looks like. Um, even some bad episodes have some good in them. What is the best thing about your least favorite episode in the show? Uh, before I want to answer this, um, Patrick Poltergeist, I believe, is the writer of um, The Silver Standard, which, um, which unfortunately, I'm very far behind on. I'm sorry. Um, but Silver Standard, when I was reading it, I, I said this in, in, on the site, which I think was the um, best like um, regularly updating story on the entire site. It's a fantastic, fantastic story. If you haven't read um, Silver Standard, go read it. Um, now, and to answer the question, um, I'm going to have to say, so my least favorite episode is um, A Friend Indeed, the one with um, Cranky and Pinky. Um, uh, okay. But I will say that, um, I mean, that episode gave us uh, Smile, 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 which is um, a fantastic song. So I'm going to have to uh, say, say that uh, least favorite episode, A Friend Indeed, but best part about it is the song. It's kind of sure? like, we know this episode's going to be garbage, so here's this. <laughs> so, I don't know. My favorite part was the <laughs> when she was on top of the flagpole. Anybody got a wig? This donkey's really, really bald. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, at the same time, like, that's also really out of character for Pinky to be so inconsiderate. Yeah, yeah. My, mm. my, yeah, my problem with the episode was just that, like, like I the entire time I just wanted Pinky to get like decked in the face because it was just like what what the hell are you doing, Pinky? Mm. See, the entire episode could have been solved if you got a restraining order on her. <laughs> yeah. The court in My Little Pony. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all I'm uh, saying is I'm still waiting for Rainbow Dash to be arrested for eco terrorism. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that did happen. Weather factor, yeah. Was there ever? What I I could have sworn there was a story where like some investigative bureau shows up at her place and then like actually questions her, or am I just imagining things? But dude, there's there's a fixed fix for every single episode. That's true. That makes sense. Uh, not getting into fixed fix, but next question. Uh, what's the last movie you saw, and was it good? Last movie I saw was uh, oh I saw um the Spider Man Homecoming twice um because I loved it um I I I saw it once by myself and then I walked out and I said um this is the uh, best uh, Marvel movie since they started the Marvel Cinematic Universe um and I still believe that and then a few months later I went to go see it again with um, my nephews um and I loved it um I think it's <laughs> I love that movie so much. Um, I think it's funny. I think the story is great. I think Tom Holland 
was so much better than I was expecting him to be, especially in the climax. Um, and then, of course, there is um, the revelation about who the villain is, which if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to say, um, but it's fantastic. Um, so, it, I mean, I, that was the last movie I saw. I loved it. You know, you know what I loved about that movie, though? And this, this is not a spoiler. Oh. They didn't have to kill off Uncle Ben again. Because how many times does <laughs> yeah. he have to die? <laughs> yeah. I, I really was wondering how they were going to deal with that. But, I mean, I, I, I think that they, um, I think that I, while I wouldn't have minded seeing the origin story again, because I'm, I'm always a sucker for that sort of thing, I really think they did it in a good way, where, like, they sort of just said, we know that you know what happened. We're not going to harp on it for too long. We'll mention it, like, twice in very, like, quick lines, so you, like, know that we're not throwing it away. But you mm. know this. Go see another movie if you want to see Uncle Ben get shot. <laughs> Sounds good to me. He's, right. selling, he's selling rice in the afterlife now. Yeah. But final question from Patches. The CMC and Main Six meet by the flagpole for an all-out melee brawl because reasons. Every pony is the same age, around 12-ish, no, pon- no weapons, no outside help. Presume every pony has the same relationship they normally would in the show. Rarity, AJ, probably Pinky know each other. Rarity and Fluttershy know each other. Twilight's alone. Spike is busy being a useless baby. So who wins the fight? Um, did, what did it say about Pinky? Did, 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 is she still on the rock farm, or is she like no? Does she know people yet? Uh, at the age of twelve, she had left to Ponyville. Uh, okay. and I'm taking that from the cheese sandwich episode. Oh well, then I actually, if I get a thing about this, uh, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Applejack. Um, because if you think about it, the CMC, I don't think they would want to fight anyone because they know they, cause they I don't think they would want to hurt their friends. Um, but then, then, so then you have to give it to one of the main six. Um, and of the main six, I think Applejack is the strongest and the one who would fare best in a fight. Um, mm-hmm. because Twilight, um, while she is powerful, I think she would be too shy to hurt anyone. Rarity wouldn't want to be involved. The only other one you can give it to is Rainbow Dash and Rainbow Dash, while is athletic. I don't think she's strong in terms of like she can like punch you in the face and hurt you as much as Applejack can. Right, she's nimble. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. I like it. Uh, now, questions from Lieutenant Major Dude. Um, meme arrow or implying arrow, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, if someone just turned into a brony, which one of your fix would you recommend? Um, oh, that, that, I, people have asked me that before because they asked me, you know, like, what is, out of all your stories, which is the one I should start on? Um, what's a good answer for that? Um, I gotta think about all my stories. Um, I would say if someone just, like, got into the show, um, maybe attempted assassinations of Twilight Sparkle, just because you don't really need to know a lot for that. You need to know, all you need to know is, the most advanced thing you need to know about that is who Blue Blood is. Um, and, and I'm going to assume that they know who he is, and if they don't, I think that the first scene sort of illuminates what his character is like. Um, so I'm going to answer that. All right. Uh, number two, a Kil- Kalila 97 story that you would recommend? A what? K-I-L-A-L-A 97 story. Oh, um, Kilala. oh, Kilala. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never read a story by Kalala. Oh, wow, look at this. My dad is calling me right now. I'm not going to answer that. Um, 
I've mm-hmm. never read a story by Kalala. I've seen her art um, lots of times, and I and my general opinion on her is that while she's very good at art, she is not great at writing. But in terms of like, if it's if, it, if we're not talking talking about stories by her, but stories say in her universe, um, to be I'm going to be quite honest with that with you. I've never read a story read, it, written in her universe. I've only or I, I, I've only written one myself. Um, so I'm going to be selfish and say uh, read. Um, where there is smoke, there is no fire, because that's the Kalala story that I've written. Awesome. I've, I've written two Kalala stories. I'm sorry, I, I haven't actually read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you had to write those stories. Are there any other MLP artists that you personally like? Artists in terms, uh, uh, in terms of visual artists? Um, John Josico is the classic, or John Joseco, I guess you pronounce his name, he's the classic. Um, I mean, I followed him from since very early fandom. Um, Mega Sweet has a funny sort of humor, but humor behind him, and that he writes, uh, or he not he writes, he he draws stuff that's meant to be erotic, but he always sort of ruins it because in all his erotic pictures, he has some sort of weird joke that just sort of like kills your boner. Right. Um, <laughs> like the one where like it, it's a it's a picture of Rainbow Dash naked, but she's wearing a sombrero and she's saying, "Haha, what the fuck is this?" Um. In terms of story writers, um, I guess, I mean, the most underrated writer in the entire fandom, I would say, is Quill Scratch, who is also my best friend. Um, unfortunately, he, he, he doesn't have too many stories up, but um, if you want to go find something by him, go read um, his story, Last Kisses, because that story is a masterclass in being wonderful. Um, there's him, there's Pascoite, obviously. I think Pascoite, aside from his stories being like technically flawless, He's probably the best like standard of quality I can think of. Um, mm. In terms of other people, let's see, who else would there be that I can think of? Um, there's people that everyone knows. There's like Colgan Gardez, there's um, Aragon, there's um, Majin Sikyo. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd say if I had to recommend one person that I don't think enough people know about, it would have to be Cole Scratch. Cool. Um, your, what would be your dream MLP episode? Um, honestly, like we're we're honestly getting my dream MLP episodes right now because um my drink get ready for drinking my dream is having like a slice of life, just like this just like the regular series episode of Equestria Girls and that's what we're getting right now. Um, so honestly, we're getting we're getting my dream episode as we speak. I mean, the dance magic one that one I thought was fantastic. That's everything I w- I would ever want from an Equestria Girls series. All right, Sorry. and because be right we. Okay, and because we like to uh, make rivalries here, Coke or Pepsi? I actually do not drink soda. I have never drank drunk soda in my entire life. Um, however, it, um, people in my house, my family members drink Coke, so I think I'm going to have to go with that. Is there a reason behind not drinking soda? It's, it's quite unusual to hear something like that. Yeah, I, I hate carbonation. Um, it hurts my throat like hell. Um, oh, so, um, so like even even like I just started drinking beer, and I remember the first time I had a beer, I was like, oh god, because I did not expect it to be carbonated. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Um, and so like I've gotten used to drinking beer now, but soda like I'm I'm good without it. I don't need it. You gotta get you some scotch, man. <laughs> My, the first the first drink I ever had was um well the first legal drink I, I should say I had wine uh, and uh, sake once when I was um like 20. Um, the first legal drink I ever had was rum. Um, and that was actually, I thought was pretty nasty at the time. But now I think about it, if I tried it again, I would probably like it a lot more. Fair. 
All right, now we're going to questions from Alex underscore, who made you this really wonderful dubs emoji. Oh, wow, well, I haven't actually seen it. Uh, here, I'm posting it in oh my our God, look at chat. That. Oh, that's nice. Um, so what is your funniest anecdote? Just a story you would tell people at a bar to get a laugh. Oh, actually, this, so this is the other um, question that I saw. And this one is one I had to think about for a long time because I'm awful at telling like stories about my life because there's so much stuff that's like happened to me. And when someone puts me on the spot and says like, what was this? What was this? I never remembered until like a week afterwards. But so the story I'm going to think talk about for this. So when I was a sophomore in college, um, I had a roommate named Shigeto. Now Shigeto um, was a foreign exchange student from Japan. Um, and so he was a perfectly fine guy, um, but we, we never really talked at all just because I'm a very shy guy. And also there was sort of a language barrier between us. Um, but occasionally he, he would do stuff that would annoy me. Like um, he would like stay up really, really late when I was trying to sleep and he would like watch stuff on his computer and laugh at it. Or like he would get up at six in the morning to like swip or wet check the floor. Um, but the one story that I always remember was, so one day I woke up and I woke up and I look at the door and he's standing next to the door, like staring really intently at the doorknob. And like occasionally he would like reach up and just like twist it or like just like touch it. And he honestly, he looked like he was like tweaking out on crack or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had no idea what was going on here. So I, I stared at him for a while and eventually I just like ignored him and just like went about my business. Um, so later on, um, he, 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 he gets his clothes on, he gets ready because he's going out to leave somewhere. So he goes to the door, he grabs the doorknob and he rips it off the door. And it goes flying across the room, like bouncing along the ground. Oh. And, and I, 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 I like stare at it as it's rolling across the ground. And like he's staring at it. And there's a moment of silence and he just goes, oops. And he picks it up and he puts it on his desk and he leaves. So now there's just this big ass <laughs> hole in our door um, that I have no idea what to do about. And so I get out of bed and I just start like looking at it. And it's like, our fucking doorknob is missing. Um, and it gets, and it's gotten to a point now where if you close the door, you can't open it again. Because like you if you're from the outside, you can't open it again because there's no way to open it. Um, oh my god! And so I have no idea what to do. Um, so I keep my door. I like prop my door open. I grab the doorknob and I go to my friends and I'm like, "Should get to rip the fucking doorknob off our door? What the hell is like is going on here?" Um, and so like I go the entire day without a doorknob, and then finally at night I think to myself, "Okay, I need to do something about this." So I call the um the front desk and I'm like, yeah, um, my doorknob fell off. Um, <laughs> and so they have to call like some repairman at nine o'clock, 9 p.m. on a Saturday to oh drive over um, and fix my goddamn door. Um, and guess what? He never mentioned it. I, I never mentioned it to Shigedo and he never mentioned it to me. But when he came back, the door was fixed and I hope he appreciates it because <laughs> he ripped my fucking doorknob off. <laughs> nice all right uh number two what's the most fun you can have with a live chicken what's the most fun um uh occasionally you see like those videos online of like like a like a little kid teasing a chicken and then the chicken just like squares up and just chases him for like a mile um and those are pretty <laughs> fun um and <laughs> otherwise um um, chicken nuggets from McDonald's are pretty fun when you eat them and you put them into your mouth and you digest them. Hell yeah. Um, 
And then also, I mean, there, I'm sure there's, I mean, if you, when you consider the shape of a chicken drumstick, I'm sure there's some fun that can be had with that. Um, but yeah, there's, I, 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 think, I, think chicken, I think a chicken is a very versatile tool. Chickens are tools, Dubs Rewatcher 2017. Moving on. Number three, what is literally the worst animal you could possibly find burrowing under your skin? An anteater. Why? I, I mean, yeah, that's pretty distressing. Anteaters are pretty damn big. Yeah, they are. They're just, like... You can't just like look down at your arm and be like, oh, I've got an uh, anteater in my forearm. Can you Whoops. imagine if, like, can you imagine if you, like, you know, like, you, you it, was, it was, like, the end of a long day, um, and you got home, and you were settling down to have, you know, like, in, in your bed to have, have a little bit of personal time, and you pulled down your pants, and they're just, like, a floppy-ass anteater snout just, like, poking out of your dick. The tongue is coming out of the snout. Yeah, yeah, and then you just, yeah, you look, you look down, and you just see it go. Yeah. <laughs> right now i just see this little anteater tongue just poking out your out your dick snout and just going yep yep <laughs> jesus I got, I got all the crabs for you yeah God. so you know so i mean i i mean may, maybe it's just me but i would not want an anteater in my uh in my genital area you got it case made case accepted move Moving on. All right, now we got a fuck, kill, marry situation. Um, so the, the way it works, you have to fuck one, kill one, marry another. And of course, here on the Barcast, killing yourself is always an always option instead of making any a choice. <laughs> Disclaimer, don't actually kill yourself. So you have to fuck, kill, marry a pig, a cow, and a horse. Ooh. Um, I'd say... Oh, first of all, you, you got to marry the cow because the cow gives you free milk. Oh, um, hype! Um, in terms of fuck, I mean, thematically, I think it's got to be the horse. Oh, and then, yeah, 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 it has to be the horse because then you can kill the pig and get bacon. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, ex that expression, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Yeah, exactly. Just marry it and then... Yeah. All right, and then final question from Alex underscore. Sonic the Hedgehog is going to bore you. There's no question about that. But would you rather be anal board or cock board? Ooh, anal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, anal. Tubs 2017. Moving on. <laughs> Dash Loon asks, if you could, would you? Yes. Awesome. Now it's time for a little role play. Actually, we mean what if scenario. You used to be dubbed Rewatcher, but then you find out you are some strange person known as Enigmatic Otaku. <laughs> <laughs> as the lonely being, what is it you do? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how much of my hotness do I retain? Literally zero. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I guess I'd, I'd have to get a... Well, it, 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 otaku, speak for one second. Just speak for like five seconds, say whatever you want. I was looking for a new car, which wins me a convertible or an SUV. Okay, yeah, his voice is his voice is good enough. I'd have to get a job on radio, so no one would have to look at my face. Totally fair, because when you see a radio personality in real life, you're like, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Uh, oh, there's a question to me. Uh, who is better, Milk or Enigma? Um, now to clarify better, being a strange fetishist, fetish doer, uh, Milk. Milk is objectively better in all the situations, except for, um, I don't know, writing harmless stories? Like, Milk, it, Enigma's better at writing harmless stories. Okay, moving on. Uh, question for Pencil, and Pencil's not here, so moving on to Trickster Forrester, who has questions for Bud Wee Rocher. <laughs> What happens if you get scared half to death twice? Um, I, I would think that you would have to ascend. Just, you know, a, a sort of, you sort of ascend into the next realm, um, become the uh, living abomination that torments the universe, the, scour the scourge of our world, if you will. Shit, that got, that got real. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was very real. <laughs> All right. Um, if the whole world's a stage, where does the audience sit? Uh, on your lap. Make it. Whoa. This is some weird Santa shit. All right. Fun, fun, fun fact. I'm actually working this Christmas as a mall Santa. Sweet. I was, I was so sure you're going to say, I'm working this Christmas naked. Oh, I mean, I, I, the, the two might not be mutually exclusive. See, that, that was what I was just pulling together, like, as a mall Santa, and, oh, okay, moving on. I remember, I remember one story on B that told, that gave us, that gave a hypothetical situation where the best way to kill yourself would be as a mall Santa, where mm -hmm. before you, before you go up, you take poison, and then you time it just right, where you say to all the little kids, you've all been bad little kids this year, you've killed Santa Claus, ho, 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 and then you keep <laughs> ho, ho, hoing until you die from the poison. That's horrible! <laughs> I'm, I'm just realizing now that the uh, people from Bloomingdale's are doing a background check on me right now. I sure hope they don't find this uh, stream. Man! <laughs> moving on! Moving on! <laughs> Bloomingdale's, you should hire this dude. He is amazing, and he won't kill himself on the job. This is an ingest comedy podcast. Moving on. <laughs> Why is the alphabet in the order that they are? Is it because it's a song? Um, no, because the alphabet came before the song did, so it would have to be. This is like a chicken, chicken and the egg question. You know, people always, like chicken and the egg people are always like, oh my god, what if, what if, which one? But the answer, I mean, we know the answer. It's got to be the egg because they evolved within the egg and then became the chicken. Exactly. Um, so, um, so it, it's another case here. I mean, the, the alphabet came before the song, so don't try and trick me with your fucking philosophical bullshit. America. <laughs> okay. If you write a book about failure and it doesn't sell, is it considered a success? That's actually a good question. <laughs> um, do you have enough money to buy dinner? Because if not, then uh, no, it is a failure. That's true. Fair. If one synchronized swimmer drowns, do the rest have to as well? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the you, when you when you become a synchronized. Yeah, little known fact here: when you become a synchronized swimmer. They make you um, cut your thumb open and sign a blood oath. And it basically, you, you, you sign an oath to your team. Um, so you're essentially soul bound to six other people. Um, and so if one of them dies, like not even in synchronized swimming, like if one of them like, you know, like dies in an accident, the other, all of them do drop dead immediately. You got to really watch out for Gertrude. She's been in a bad place recently. Yeah. So do background checks on all your synchronized swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> number six um if is disney world a people trap operated by a mouse 
Uh, I mean, is Disney a people trap operated by a mouse? I mean, it is a people trap, but I'm not sure it's operated by a mouse anymore. I think the mouse died a while ago. Mm. Um, so I think it's a, it's a people trap operated by a snake. Because as we all know, the serpent of capitalism wraps around us all. See, I was going to go in like the Donald Duck direction and then like monochromatic be it all over that. <laughs> Re softly and carry a big meme. All right. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for that uh, update. <laughs> uh, lastly, why is the word for a fear of long words? Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Hippo. Pato monstro equip equipa word. I know how to pronounce it. It's hippopotamonstrosity equipidilophilophobia. Woo! Rexacorophalopatorus. Eat yourself. No, what milk? Why the why why don't you have Butterbeast job? <laughs> because I like him to talk more. i I like to be quiet. <laughs> just when just ultra microscopic silico volcano coniosis. <laughs> Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> library. The library is down the street. If I'm understanding correctly, um, the question is why is the word for fear of long words so long? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because... <laughs> I think that's a good answer. I, I was just going to say because fuck you, um, but I think that's a pretty good answer. It's a great answer, honestly. All right. Sounds like something we would do. Moving on to questions from Uetol. Uh, Priest, did you do the bum bum? No, bum bum story comes out this week. Is uh, Uetol related to Uetol? I think no. Maybe. Probably. He's probably under non-disclosure agreement. Tell your cousin to stop making so much so, so shitty movies. Right? <laughs> Uh, Milk, how much did you not like Layers of Fear? I actually genuinely enjoyed it. I just really hate jump scares, so I would never play it by myself. All right. Now, Dubs, how cool is your cooler? Uh, actually, it's, it's, wow, my voice just turned British for like half a second. Um, my cooler is damn cool. Like, I just moved, so I just moved into a new house, um, and the freezer is, holy shit, it's the best freezer I've ever had. It's the best. It literally is. You put, something, <laughs> you put something in there, it freezes in like 10 fucking seconds. The only problem, though, is that if you keep stuff in there for a long time, you pull it out and it's covered in ice. Like, even like boxes and stuff. Like, I have a box of waffles in there. I pull it out to get some waffles out, and the box is just like covered in ice that will, will, will melt as soon as you pull it out and just get wet everywhere. It's more well, like uh, your wego egos. I don't know. That was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Here, just my... Ignore that. <laughs> When I was younger, in about 2004, we had moved into a new house, and uh, we had this brand new updated fridge with, like, all this fucking cool technology and shit on it. And being the naive young teen that I was, I thought, huh, the the fridge looks like it's too hot, so I turned the temperature of the fridge down to zero. (laughs) And then my parents came in, like, what the fuck is wrong with the fridge? They took out an egg and tried to crack it. It cracked it. It was solid inside and everything. (laughs) And then I just pretended they're like, oh, what? who the hell turned the fridge down to zero? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. That's how I found it. And 
yeah, that's the story how I was stupid. So yeah, the only other thing I have to say is Flutter Priest. I ended my statement and and I got wet everywhere. There was so much you could have done with that. Man, you know, I I've never claimed to be a comedy genius at all. On the list of like best writers on film fiction, I think I'm at the bottom. I'm Ooh. not even close to witty. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, legitimate question: Who in this chat room right here got affected by any of the storms that are going on right now in America? Nope. I'm in. I'm like up near nope. Canada, so nope. Yeah, not here either. <clears throat> no, he he has to just deal with the fact that he's a leaf. That's it. Like a leaf on the wind. Watch as we die horribly. Moving on. To the guests. Do you like Pugs the dogs? I do. I like. I mean, I like all kind of dogs. That's all, all right. I got to say. Continue. <laughs> do you like to have Pugs? Um, no. I, I do not want any pets. Because mm -hmm. um, pets cost money, and they cost um, time. And I well, do not have much of either. And just remember, the smaller the pet, the larger the vet bill. Oh, God, yeah. That is, that is <laughs> yeah. true, isn't Small it? Small dogs are walking vet bills. Um, they can cost a couple hundred dollars this month or a couple thousand dollars next month. It's true, but I still love my little Yugi. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dog ain't little, right? <laughs> it's true. He could probably eat me if he wanted to. <laughs> Don't take that out of context. Um, I think we already have. Priest, put away the jar of peanut butter. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> you got loves peanut butter. Nah, do, you know, honey. do you know that in German, pugs as a dog means mopes? Moips? What? I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, which, which, which... Oh, okay. Which is also a word for tits, not the birds, as in breasts. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, nice. Really? So okay. then, follow-up question. Do you like tits, Dubs? Uh, yes, I do. Although, 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 to be fair, I'm more of an ass guy. Totally fair. But that means you don't have to get the fuck out. <laughs> like, I'm imagining that there's this German girl who's, like, jogging by one day, and then she mm -hmm. just un undoes her sweater, and she pulls up her shirt, and instead of breasts, it's just two pug faces. Shut <laughs> up, Enigma! Well, we I mean, get it, that's sweater already... puppies. We get it, sweater puppies. Move on. Well, what? I mean, that's already happened with fidget spinners, but I mean, oh, yeah. what, no, we haven't hit No, that fidget spinners yet. have caused the butterfly effect, and now we have mm -hmm. all these hurricanes. <laughs> have you seen the fidget spinner butt plugs? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yes I have. Yes. fidget spinner butt plugs? This is, why, this is why we got hurricanes. Fuck you. <laughs> Yo, you, you just you just put one in, you sit down, you're spinning all over the place. Yeah, you stare back it... at your partner, flick me. Can you like <laughs> can you like go into a lake and then do like a Dragon Ball Z scream and then it acts like a motor like on a boat? <laughs> go fuck up some crocodiles with your uh, fidget spinner butt plug. Priest, I, I, priest, I kid you not. A few days ago, I was on the port on the prawns, and I saw an advertisement, and it was fidget spinner prawns. Jesus Christ! Also, Rav, <laughs> your your typing's coming through. It's really crazy loud. Um, moving I on. Think... Questions from Shakespeare, please. You've written several stories written in the Equestria Girls universe, a notoriously difficult genre in terms of popularity. What would you say are the keys to your success? 
Um, I'm not sure I would say that Equestria Girls is that um, difficult in terms of popularity. I mean, I guess I de definitely there are less people to like it than the original show. Um, but I think it's become, I mean, quote unquote, mainstream enough now that, I mean, especially with like, with people liking Sunset Shimmer, um, that even if you write something in Equestria Girls, it's not going to be too hard, especially if it's, if it's a good story. Um, I mean, really, I don't think I can say I have any sort of special secret. Um, the only, I mean, I have like certain things I do that I think set me apart. Like one of the things I do that I, I hate it when people write Quest Girl stories and they use like real life brand names. Like, um, for example, like if someone like, in, like, like I'm currently judging the Sunset Shimmer shipping contest and two different stories so far have um, mentioned Netflix. And I hate that. I hate that. I hate it when people treat Quest Girl's world as like our real life world. Cause it's like. You got people named Pinkie Pie. You got people named Twilight Sparkle. I, I'm gonna continue the rest of the made-up horse puns. Um, mm -hmm. I, I sort of characterize Rainbow Dash a little bit differently when she's a human than she is when she's a, um, a small horse. Um, I, I sort of make her a bit. Um, I guess I would say a bit more obnoxious. Um, of course, this, this is sort of rambling now, getting away from the question. I think really just the answer to my question is I don't think I have a particular secret. The only secret I have is just I write good stories. Man, really humble here. Moving on. <laughs> um, what is your one true pairing? I bet it's sunlight. It's sunlight, isn't it? Oh, hell yeah, it is. I mean, it was sunlight back when uh, Human Twilight wasn't even a thing. Um, but I mean, as soon as Human Twilight came on the scene, like Princess Twilight can get the fuck out. I mean, I'm, I'm here for Human Twilight. Uh, that mm -hmm. is my one true pairing. In terms of a, a one that people may not know, um, I also really love something that I've been trying to write recently, I guess almost a year now, um, has been... Um, also in Equestria Girls, um, Fluttershy um, and Vinyl Scratch, which is something I think is really, really interesting. Um, another one I have in regular horse world is um, Fluttershy and uh, Mod Pie, which I think is uh, one that I've been wanting to write for a long time, but I've only ever done as like a, a small plot point as part of another story. So for sunlight, I like to, I see that you like to slather jelly over your bacon. That, that took me like three seconds to get, and that, and that was not worth the brain power that I spent trying to understand. <laughs> now you get it! Now you get why we beat up on Enigma! Like, oh my god! <sighs> Grace, I heard you say we peed up on Enigma. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Well, you're basically a toilet. Anyway. <laughs> Enigma, Enigma. I came up with a eulogy for you. Not the one I posted in the chat. I promise. If you ever die before I do, every time I go to visit Flam in California, I promise I will piss on your grave every day I'm there. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> so moving on. We, we only got 40, 40 minutes, and we're just a little over halfway through these questions, but I'm also going to take a very quick second to, first of all, uh, advertise a little bit with the Barcast right now, Rarity, Make Rarity Not Garbage Contest. Um, first prize is an actual rarity plushie. I have it sitting here in my hand. She is soft and plushy and wonderful and just the complete piece of trash. So does please, make rarity, not garbage, and we will send Wait. it to you. Priest, does it have weed in it? No, it does not. Also, in addition, um, we have a Patreon for the Barcast. Um, it doesn't actually go to any of us, but we do take that money and use it to help actual horses on the Red Wings Horse Sanctuary in California. We are just $3 away from sponsoring an actual horse named Big Mac. 
we can really? take and sponsor. I never we can, knew that. That's fucking awesome. And if we can sponsor this horse and send $50 a month to the Red Wings Horse Sanctuary, the horse is going to write us a letter, guys. And in April, we'll actually be able to go out to the horse sanctuary, pencil and I, and we can do an actual, an actual interview with Big Mac, the real horse. So please, oh my God. if you have a spare dollar, please go ahead and sponsor our Patreon so we can help real horses in real life. Moving on. That's fucking awesome. I didn't know that. It's, it's what we try to do. We try to help real people. Anyway, or real, real ponies. Horse, real, real horses. <laughs> horses are fucking better than people. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, well, well, meanwhile, if, if if you don't give a shit about horses, uh, go to paypal.me slash dubs rewatcher and donate money to me. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nigma, do you have anything to add? We can we can, we can attest that Dubs is in fact not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the picture you made for this damn thing, I'm apparently I'm apparently Rainbow Dash. You're the best Rainbow Dash. Aww. All right. Uh, how do you take your pony waifu? Uh, pony, anthro, or human? Uh, ooh, I mean, my, <laughs> I, think I, I think I have to say human just because prepare to drink again. I mean, my, my quote-unquote waifus would have to be the equestrian girls, people. I mean, do you, do, do, then again, do you even <clears throat> classify them as humans? Because, like, they're, they're purple. It, they're a weird alien species. It's really confusing. How do you tell your mother that you're dating a purple person? It's like, are the kids? She's gonna be like, are the kids gonna be purple too? Oh, oh God! You just reminded me of something. Go on. <laughs> a really old song. He was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people here. <laughs> How did I know this is what you were gonna do? See, like. Most of the time when we have a question on this cast, like, how do you take your pony waifu? Like, the instant answer is in the mouth or in the behind. But no, <laughs> we, we are not funny here. Moving on. <laughs> Say something nice about your least favorite pony, Dubs. Oh, at least, I mean, I guess I, I said before my least favorite pony would have to be Twist. Um, I will say, in, in Twist's defense, um, in the, one of the stories I'm writing right now, uh, I actually have, I've, I've written her for, she's, she's like a supporting character in the story, which is the first time she's ever been a in a story, actually that's not true, the second time she's ever been in a story of mine, but the first time she's actually had like a real role. And so despite the fact that she is still probably my least favorite character and the one that like I have a visceral reaction to whenever I see her, um, I, I, I'm starting to appreciate her a bit more in that I think that she is sort of, quick, sort of, Cool, I guess. That, that was hard to say. <laughs> okay. You're pulling muscles there were, that were never used. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now then, we have another fuck, carry, mill. Fuck, carry, <laughs> fuck, marry, kill. Jesus, why am I the announcer for this podcast? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Wow, thank you. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's OC edition with Flufflepuff, Brownie Bun, and Snowdrop. That's some tough competition. Oh, okay. Uh oh. Oh, um, hmm. Well, I mean, I think I have to marry Brownie Bun. Um, that's sort of like her role. That's like her cutie mark, isn't it? Like being a wife. Um, yeah, so I think I'd be. But what? have you have you seen her wife though? Have I seen Brownie Bun's wife? No, her doing the activity of wifing. Have you? Yeah, seen Yeah, because her that's wife? what that's what that's that's what her whole goddamn blog. I mean, 
Yeah, that's what her whole goddamn blog's about. It's about her either being a wife or eating peanut butter. Um, so it's I think it's got to be Mary's bounty bum. Um, fuck kill. Um, uh, kill kill Snowdrop. I mean, she she met Luna. That was the highlight of her life. It's all downhill from here. Um, and but if then, you fuck her, she'll never see it coming. Oh, 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 oh you're you funny. You're a funny man, pretty steep high. Why don't they? Uh, why don't they give you your own stand-up comedy show? Because I'm sad inside. Oh, um, and then, <laughs> what can we do? But I think I think I think it's got to be fuck um, Flufflepuff, and that's got to be an interesting experience. Well, she's just gonna be like <laughs> the whole time. Oh God, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Ooh, I might have to. Hey. Ooh. Hmm. I'd say no, the I'm, smarter I'm... choice, the smarter choice was to marry Flufflepuff because at least with her, you'll get food of tacos, and you'll probably starve with brownie. Nah, but the thing is, like, I don't, I don't like tacos that much, and like, even a brownie bun, like, even if she doesn't make me food, I can order food, can I? Like, or, or is it, or is it, when I marry brownie bun, does it create a world where all takeout food is erased? Well, she no, uses, I. She, she uses your she credit burn? card to buy to to buy peanut butter. Yeah, but hopefully, I'll have a job. Well, yeah, like the the husband in that world does have a job, but also, doesn't she just like burn everything she cooks? I think so, yeah. I think she burns everything she doesn't cook either. Hell yeah, like, like, oh, shit. Cereal. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. she burns cereal. But yeah, I, I, th I, think, I think it's gonna be Mary, Brownie Bun, Kill, Snowdrop, and uh, fuck Fluffle, Fluffle Dick. Alright, and then last but not least from Shakespeare, Shakespeare, please. On a world where, shilling your story, death is optional, on the barcast, suicide is always an option. Uh, death, death is optional is the story I wrote where I ship uh, Sunset with the speeding bus, and then she gets buried in a, in a pet cemetery. Oh, <laughs> it, that's great. That story, that story currently has the. I think that's my most controversial story of all time. It current, yeah. So I'm checking it right now. It currently has a rating of a six seventy five up and one hundred forty one down. Oh lord. Um, people were people people were not happy about that story when it came out. In the description, I have a whole bunch of quotes from people, and one of my favorite quote of all, of all of them is um, from Mithril Moth, and the quote is, um, this story isn't one one goddamn bit funny. I don't know why it's getting upvoted. Oh. Sounds, like, sounds, like, sounds like Mithril Moth to me. Moving on, taking horse <laughs> drama out of this conversation, because that is not something we do here. Um, Posh has questions for you. Oh, Posh, I love him. Uh, Dubs, top five stories on Fimfic, in your opinion, objectively speaking, and or just in your opinion, your personal top five. Oh, geez, I have to go to my, uh, I, I have like my like little um, top stories list. Unfortunately, it hasn't been updated in a long time. Um, in terms of top stories, um, boy, um, number one, I think has got to be, yeah, I'd say it's probably going to be, um, it's a classic, Heart of Gold, Feathers of Steel by Knickknack. Um, that one is fantastic. If you've never read that, read it. It does one of my favorite things, um, which is sort of a cop. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it, it retells an episode um, through another character's point of view. Um, it retells ripping the brush off through Gilda's point of view. Um, fantastic story. Um, I already mentioned Last Kisses by Cool Scratch. That's another great one. Um, there's a story that came out really recently. Oh, God, what was it? It was about... Um, Celestia dying. She's dying from some sickness. And uh, um, Sunset Simmer comes back to Equestria to basically pay her last rights to Celestia. That one was fantastic. 
Oh, there's a story that's not on FIM Fiction, but was for the write-off two years ago called Start Recursion by um, Hoof Fighting Action Overload that is one of the greatest fics ever written. Um, unfortunately, you can't find it anymore because he took it offline. Um, but that was 750 words and one of the greatest stories I've ever read, fan fiction or not. Um, and then lastly, um, lastly, I'm going to give it to another newer one. Uh, I don't know if this is exactly my favorite, but it's, it's just coming to mind right now. It's um, Administrative Angel by Horizon. Um, that was another story that was for the write-off that I thought was legendary when I first read it. Um, and I think it's, I, I, it's based on its rating on FIM Fiction right now. I think it's, it hasn't lost anything in the small edits he made porting it over. Um, so those are my five answers. All right. And then last but not least from Posh, he wants your top five stories by the cutest and everyone's most favorite writer, Posh. Um, let me think about that for one second. Um, well, I think, yeah, so let's, let's, do, let's do a countdown here. Um, so number five, I'd say, would have to be um, Long Arm of Murphy's Law. Um, number four would probably be Pony Gear Solid. Number three would be um, Equestria Gear Solid, The Definitive Experience. Number two would have to be The Eye That Floats Silent and Unblinking in Sunset Shimmer's Kitchen. And number one would have to be But It Often Rhymes, his newest story, which you should read if you haven't, because it's very nice. Yes. All right. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, I haven't actually read three out of the five of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we have questions from Rao the Red Sun. Oh, Rao is my other favorite person. Number one. Most influential piece of writing you've ever read in terms of how it colored your life, life and or your own writing. And maybe uh, your wife. Maybe my, maybe my wife, too. Um, this one is hard because... But does it ha it, does does it specify whether it has to be like, like um, written writing? Like, can it be like movies or TV too? Uh, no, that is not specified. Uh, then I am actually going to say this is going to be a weird answer. I'm going to say the Pokemon anime, um, because when I was a little kid, um, what this is something I actually still do to this day is when I watch something or read something in my mind, I'm like automatically crafting my own story using the characters. Like I'm sort of writing like my own pseudo fan fiction. That was something I was doing ever since I was like four years old. And the first series I ever did that with was the Pokemon anime. Um, and so it took me, when I was like 12 years old, I had like this whole massive universe crafted for myself. that was like a blend of characters from Pokemon and Zelda and yada, yada, yada. Um, and that was like the moment I realized like I had like this whole big universe I had made. I was like, I want to be a writer because I wanted to be able to take something like this and actually like put it into reality. Fair enough. Now you have questions from Professor Plum. Okay. Which has a question that says, DubsCon 2018 question mark? <laughs> um, I guess the story time here. Um, DubsCon, uh, so last year I lived in England for a while. Um, and Dubscon, while I was over there, I held Dubscon, which was my own miniature um, pony convention. Um, and Professor Plum was one of the people who attended, so that's why he's asking about it. Um, and my, an my answer to Professor Plum is, unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a Dubscon 2018 because I am not living in um, I am not living in England anymore. So unless you want to pay me the uh, airfare to come over to London and back, 
um, and also my hotel fees, uh, Plum, I am afraid that there is not going to be a DubsCon 2018 this year. Sadness, because Lise Eclair is up next at bat and has the very first question, when will you go back to Europe? I, I mean, I want to go back to Europe. I really want to go back to Ireland more than anything, which is unfortunately pretty far away from Lise. Um, but I, I will be back someday, Lise. Um, and when I do, I know, I know your satellite that you have floating around in orbit will go off and it'll tell you when I'm there. Um, and then we can go <laughs> and we can hug and we can, finally, we can finally get married. We planned that like a year ago. And we never did it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll come back to Europe. I'll come back to Europe someday. So um, please wait for me, Lise. All right, number two. What advice will you give to starting writers? Um, the advice, I mean, obviously the advice that everyone always gives is, um, you know, read, which I do agree with. You got to keep reading. If you don't keep reading, then, um, your prose becomes stale. Um, that's something that I'm running into now. I'm not reading enough. And so I'm starting to hate my prose because I think it's like too static, too stale. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of other stuff, um, if you're a, something I, I said this in my real Cantalot library interview, and I said this at, at, on one of my BronyCon panels, if you're a young author, keep doing that shit. Like if you're like 13 years old, 14 years old, writing fan fiction, keep going. Cause if you keep going, you're going to be fucking amazing when you grow up. Um, so keep doing that. Um, try not to delete anything. This is something I learned when I was in like eighth grade, a teacher told me and I've sort of obeyed it ever since was I never delete anything. I, um, write, uh, I always save it. Um, because even if you can't use something at that moment, um, oftentimes you can go back to it and find like some scrap of it that you're like, yeah, I can re I can reincorporate this into some other story or, you know, I really like this. This teaches me something. Um, so those are my three little uh, pieces of advice. All right. And then number three from Lise, what does it take to get published? Um, in real life, uh, it's what it takes to get published. Um, it takes a lot of editing, honestly, more, more than anything, it takes a lot of editing. Um, writing, writing a story um, is like, I, I wouldn't even say half the battle. It's not even half the battle um, because you got to write your first story and then the large majority of your time before publishing is going to be taken workshopping that piece, editing it, editing it, editing it, editing it until you get to a point where, you're, where not only are you happy with it, but you think that other people will be happy with it um, because publishing as much as we want to just, you know, publish everything, you know, what, what we think is the perfect story. Oftentimes that doesn't work. Oftentimes you have to publish what, you know, a publishing house would think is the quote unquote perfect story. Um, mm -hmm. So be patient with editing because edit, I know editing can be shitty as hell. I, I really hate editing myself. Um, but un, unfortunately it's something you kind of just have to do. You got to be patient with editing. You got to be patient with yourself. Um, and then, you know, send that shit out there. Uh, a story that's being held on your hard drive is never going to get published. You got to take the initiative to send it out someplace. Honestly, that's, that's really true. Uh, especially like like when I've sent pieces, non-pony work out to other different publishing houses, every publishing house is different. Some will think that your work isn't worth the time of day. Some will sit back and be like, all right, well, you have to change it this way. And they may suggest a lot of like technical alterations to make it more flowing like a technical paper or more like um, uh, Hemingway. While others are yeah. like, um, you have to be uh, almost like token-esque and you have to be more floral and in in flowy it's it's different from place to place and it's really kind of it, it's a trial every single time and you can't yeah. get discouraged after one rejection letter or at least if what if what you're actually asking least is how to get published on equestria daily the answer there is just blow me <laughs> yeah no way you know dubs what are you doing after this uh, <laughs> 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 yes. 
I mean, I got Twilight tries not to think up there, but I mean, I could totally go for broke for Parents Night Out. No, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Random two eighty four now has questions. How and why did you start writing? Uh, so I, I sort of answered this with my uh, Pokemon anime question. Um, yeah, I sort of just uh, I started writing fan fiction in my head from a very early age, and I actually do remember there was one when I was I was walking to middle school. And I had the realization, like, hey, I should write this down. <laughs> because, like, and I realized, like, this is what I sort of wanted to do. I wanted to write stuff. I wanted to publish stuff. I wanted to have other people read my thoughts or, you know, read my creative thoughts, at least. Um, the first time I ever tried writing anything like that was um, when I was in freshman in high school. I tried writing um, one of those sort of, like, you know, quote-unquote fan fiction mashups that I was thinking about. Um, but then it was really, really bad. And so the first time I ever wrote, ever wrote pony fan fiction after that was... Um, that I guess would have been summer 2000, 2011. Um, and that was the first time I tried that. And you know, I, I never got any sort of really instruction on how to write in school or anything. So um, being in the fandom, sort of, I, I had to teach myself how to write. Um, and now I'm here having taught myself how to write over the past six years. And hopefully I'm sort of good at it. I'd say so. Uh, number mm -hmm. two. Which episode of MLP do you hate that most other people like? And which episode do you like that most people hate? Well, I, I sort of, I think a lot of people actually do like A Friend Indeed. Um, what's another one? What's the episode where the Cutie Mark Crusaders are trying to become the mascots for the Equestria Games? Is there, what's the name of that episode? Uh, oh, it, it, was, it had the song, Hearts as Strong as Horses. Yeah, that's another um, episode where like, I, that, that episode bore the shit out of me. And I really, that's like, when I think about my, my least, my, my two least favorite episodes, it's A Friend Indeed and whatever that one was. Um, so that, those are both episodes I think people generally like, um, but I don't. In terms of episodes nobody likes, but I do, um, it's got to be Over a Barrel from season one. Mm. I remember people hated that episode. Whenever I read reviews of that episode, people are like, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. I love that episode. That's like, that's like in my top five episodes from season one. I like that episode too, personally. And I'm really shocked how every time we do these interviews, like um, a slice of life almost never comes up. Yeah. <laughs> because I hated a slice of life like so much. I, I, I honestly barely remember slice of life. Um, so I, I can't say, I, I think I liked it when I saw it, but I really do not even remember it. Mm. Gummy is best character. Yeah, that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number three. In your opinion, which character is the worst and why? Uh, other than Triss. Other, other than Twist. Uh, which character is the worst? Um, is it, <laughs> Trouble Shoes is the least attractive character. No, either Trouble Shoes or Mr. Cake are the least attractive characters I can think of. Like, 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 like I can get behind like a, a Soren or a Shining Armor. But like when I think of like Mr. Cake or Trouble Shoes, there's something about them that's just like it make it gets me limp. Ew. Let's God. just let's just go with taking I can get behind Soren or Shining Armor, dubs Rewatcher 2017, and move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should take away from this. Uh, which character do you find the most relatable? Oh, it's gotta be Human Twilight Sparkle. Um yeah, I, I think she, for I don't I, I'm not even sure I can like like specify like why I find her so relatable, um, but there's just something about her that whenever I watch her like I feel like wow I can feel this and whenever I write about her I always she always ends up becoming me, um, 
I mean, sometimes that's to good effect, sometimes that's to not so good effect. Um, I just published a story called um, Touch Me, Please Don't Touch Me. And the entire point of that story was that it was essentially like a self-insert story, but with Twilight as me. Um, and while I think the story in general was pretty good, uh, I know a lot of people were criticizing it because they said, you know, this is way, this is way too close to, close to you. Twilight doesn't have any agency here because she's basically you. Why do I fear that if Twilight and her horse version were to exist, you'd kill both to make a Twilight suit, like Silence of the Lambs style, so you could become Twilight? Because you assume the worst in everyone. <laughs> All right, number five. Serious question. Is there anything you dislike about the fandom? Oh, yes, a lot of stuff. Ah, yes. Here we go. I mean, unfortunately, I'm not sure I can talk about a lot of it because a lot of it is very political. Um, I, there, there's a lot of stuff within the fandom in terms of, I, I, I honestly, this, this is like a political landmine question. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of ways people act in the fandom, a lot of, um, attitudes in the fandom about certain things that I really do, like, detest. Um, and then, of course, there's lots of people that I don't like either, but I don't need to mention that. So let's, let's, let's skip that question for now. So... I'll I'll give you I'll give you a rope to pull here. I think it's really fair to say that there's a lot of places in this fandom that are very subdivided. People stay in their own corners, and sometimes people in corners attack other corners, and that's not okay. Well, I guess that one thing I can talk about is one thing I really don't like is um how how like dramatic some people get about episodes, right? Like, um, like people arguing over like I, I know someone, I'm not gonna say the name, but um they 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 get like every every time an episode comes out, they're complaining like, oh my god, there's so much drama here. I'm getting involved in so much drama. And like I don't see any of it. So my reaction is like, are are you do you actually need to be involved in this drama or are you like getting involved in it because you like complaining about it? Ugh. Hmm. But anyway, let's, let's go to the next question. No, no, it's, it's, it's totally fair. Just, we'll conclude that with everyone's welcome in the Barcast chat. We love everybody. Come join us unless you're mean. Don't do that. Number six. <laughs> Are there any writing mistakes or a lack of something or that you often see in first-person writing? And if so, is there any advice you'd give to make it better? Ooh, I, I spoke about this on at, at BronyCon. So um, actually, I, I, before I answer the question, I will say, um, keep an eye on the BronyCon YouTube page because eventually they will upload our panels. So look at um, seeing through your character's eyes, perspective, and fiction if you want a really detailed answer to this. But in what? Terms of Did they? Sorry, no, I don't mean to interrupt you. Like I had yeah. two BronyCon panels, and now I'm really excited. Do they do that for all the panels, or every panel that's not 21 and up? Oh, oh okay. I'm gonna be on the BronyCon YouTube! Woo! Oh shit! <laughs> no, no, go ahead, do the talking then... now. Sorry. Uh, um, so yeah, first person writing. Um, it's a, a first person writing is very, very close to the belt. Um, it's very personal. Um, so, I mean, I'll just very basically, this is a tip that sort of goes for even third person writing too, is writing something in first person where the character sounds nothing like, um, what they would actually sound like speaking. Like, so for example, if you're writing like Apple Bloom, and she's speaking like, you know, she's walked right out of a physics textbook or she's walking, or she's like Twilight Sparkle. Um, and she's using like all these massive words and she's coming to these conclusions that the kid could not possibly come to. Um, that's when first person starts becoming strained. 
Um, because first person, the whole point of it is that we're supposed to be seeing directly through a character's eyes. We're supposed to be seeing their thoughts, um, their or not their actions, their thoughts, their judgments on the world. Um, so if you're doing that and we're getting like something that doesn't sound anything like that character, then it's going to be jarring. It's going to take you out of the piece. She was Holy. as tight as a jar of pickles. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Just moving on. It's a, it's a reference to a fic that's on Pim Fiction called The Tale Shadow Blade. Moving on. <laughs> More like the greatest fic that's on the site, actually. Now we have questions from Fenton. Oh, Fenton. He's, he's, he's an awesome French fucker. Number one. What is the first and last book that left you speechless? The first and last book, what the first and last, so what there was only one. <laughs> um, the, I'm, I'm just going to say the last book that left me speechless. Um, the last book that left me speechless would have been, um, oof, this actually is a really hard one. Uh, oh. The last book that left me speechless, what are the books I've read recently? God, I have not read enough books recently. Um, I would say the last book that really hit me hard was I read, oh, I read a book over the summer called, um, The Best We Could Do, which is a graphic novel written by, um, an artist named, um, um, Tai Bui, I believe her name is, um, and it's an autobiography, um, talking about, um, her parents who were, um, well, I guess, I guess it would be a biography, then, a biography about her parents who, um, immigrated to the U.S. from Vietnam, um, and now that that's a really fantastic book. Um, that one, that was probably the last book that really hit me hard emotionally. Um, so actually, if, if you ever see it in the library or something, I'd say pick it out. Um, it's the art. The art is very rough, um, but it's a style that um, that I think some people can appreciate. Um, and the story is very good. So I would uh, say that. Okay. All right. And then the second question from Fenton is: How does it feel to be a fraud? And how does it feel to be hit by a bus? Uh, how does it feel to be a fraud? It feels pretty damn good considering how hot I am. Um, and then how does it feel to get hit by a bus? Um, bad at first, but then good because then you realize that you've just paid off all your student loans. Jesus Christ. I felt like that was a reference to like your, your sunset in a bus like, rep, like oh, story. No, I, I, meant, I meant like you get hit by a bus, you can sue and get all the money. Oh. Okay. There you go. All right. Now we but have questions. Got, go ahead. But you got but you got hit by a short bus. Can, do you still sue? That that is offensive. Otaku, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I wanna love you, but you're making it very hard to write. <laughs> okay. Now we have questions from Four Bloody Summer. He starts by saying, Yay! I like dubs. He's good. Aww. Number one. How sold are you on Adagio Dazzle and Pinkie Pie as a ship pairing? Oh, fuck yeah. I, I mean, that, one, that story I mentioned earlier, my comedy fic, um, How the Half-Naked Santa um, Saved Christmas, that is Adagio slash Pinkie. Um, I think that they actually work together really well. Um, the way I wrote that in the story is that, like, Pinkie was the only one who was willing to, like, really give, a, like, like, trust Adagio. Everyone thought that, you know, wow, she, the whole premise of the story that Adagio was trying to be good and failing in a lot of ways. And, you know, everyone is really mistrustful of her, except for Pinkie Pie, who, like, trusts her completely. And the whole thing about the story is that that was what Adagio needed. She needs someone to treat her like a normal person. She doesn't need someone to treat her like, you know, the former dictator. Um, and aside from, aside from that, their hair matches perfectly. 
Um, yeah, yeah, so, I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm behind Adagio Pinky. I completely, I completely forgot about that when I was talking about chips earlier. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Number two, which of your stories would be deemed least appropriate to be confirmed as canon for the show? It's gonna be death is optional then, because um, the whole, I mean, the, the the premise of death is optional is that no humans can die. Um. Like even like even if humans try to die, they can't. Like like at one point, sunset or not sunset, rainbow jumps off a building, like like smacks into the pavement, and she's fine. Um, but um, and then sunset is is like half pony, so she gets hit by a bus and dies. Um, so that I, I would have to say that one. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> and then last but not least, how many times do I need to hump the kitchen sink before it loves me back? Ooh, consider. Uh, Kitchen sink, he's he's a fucking sleazeball. Um, you could hump him once and he would like start fucking you. And but then of course he's not gonna pay child support, so I don't know necessarily that you want to hump him. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you have to watch out just in case he doesn't, you know, take care of his whole, you know, garbage disposal situation down there, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I I don't I like I, I have a lot of stories that have like really like whenever I have a story that like someone is romancing, like some like like an, like an inanimate object or something that they're not supposed to romance, the object that they're not supposed to romance is always really sleazy. Like, I got this, I got the sink, who is, like, a real asshole, and that's, like, the whole, that's the joke at the end of the fic. Um, I have the stories on my alternate account about Sunset and Lone Star the horse, and the joke about that is that Lone Star is a complete asshole who's, like, a, like a womanizer. Yeah, my, my characters do not have a good track record when it comes to these guys. Jesus. All right, he's, we've got. He's willing, he's willing to have sex with everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah, he is willing to have sex with himself. That is very true. All right, we've got ten minutes left, so we're going to try and punch through these last set of questions. Um, I'll, keep, I'll first, keep it short. Now we have time for questions with Vylon. Uh, pencil's not here, so it's time for questions with Vylon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> will you finger Rainbow Dash's nose? Yes. All right. Brian Fiction now has questions for you. Uh, what is your favorite song from the show and song from the fandom? My favorite song from the show is easy. That is um, Hope Shines Eternal from the, that's the end, that's the credit song in Legends of Everfree, the fourth Quetria Girls movie. Um, that is the only song in the entire series to ever make me cry. Um, I was very lucky at BronyCon, I was able to meet Daniel Ingram and, and you know, compliment, on, compliment him on it and thank him for it. That is by far my favorite song. In terms of from the fandom, um, it's gotta be. It's probably gonna be. Um, even to this day, it's gotta be. Uh, beyond her uh, tomb, um, what the uh, carrot top uh, dubstep rap song. Mm, nice, good choice. Uh, who's your favorite non-pony? Who's my favorite non-pony? Ooh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I guess. I'm not I guess you've been Twilight's part. I'm not gonna count humans for this. I'm just gonna count like uh, not like in 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 Equestria non-ponies. Um, oh, favorite, 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 favorite. Spike is a cop-out answer, so I'm not going to answer him. I'm going to I'm going to say uh, Gilda. I wish she would come back more. I like her. All right. What is your opinion of changelings? Changelings, um, they're kind of ugly as shit right now. Um, but you know, I I'm not going to judge them on their on their appearance. If that's how they're happy being, then I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, uh, I'll let them live their life, but I would not want I would not invite one to a tea party. Pharynx literally looks like the best new changeling right now. Like he has <laughs> he has the best design right now. And I think that's actually really sad. All right. What is your opinion of Spike? Uh Spike is cool. I don't write about him enough. Um 
there is a fic that either just fell out of the feature box or um, is in it right now called A Pup's Place. Oh, that, that is That is about, um, what do you call it? That's about um, the dog spike. Um, and that one's really great. That's, I th- that's like a story that I've been wanting to write that someone else wrote and they did it amazingly, like better than I could have. Um, so yeah, Spike is really cool. Uh, I don't think he gets enough love from the fandom in general. And I don't think his episodes are as bad as people like to pretend they are. We are really lucky that Pencil did not join us because, man, <laughs> there was going to be some, a... there was some fire that would go on right there now. Would be <laughs> ty- there would be a tirade. Oh, my God. Dubs, must I remind you that Spike smelled his dirty feet? What? What? <laughs> what are you actually talking about? Spike, the dragon, smelled his dirty feet. Well, I'm sure, a lot of people, his... I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people smell their dirty feet, but, you he, know, I'm not going to judge them for it. He put it on his to-do list. Oh, Taku, we have seven minutes left. we got to get through this. Okay, thank you. What is your opinion of the Barcast? It's <laughs> pretty cool so far. Um, yeah, it, I, I, when, when Flutterface gave me, like, the, the disclaimer letter back in July, I was like, oh, God, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. But it's actually pretty cool. Well, we never know what direction we go. Like last week, we had Crystal Wishes and Ansel on because they're really good friends, and we talked about her taco for ten minutes. So yeah. that, was, only, that was. I still can't believe that literally every time I'm not on fucking place, I have to go somewhere. Y'all hang out with each other. It's god damn it. I need to, thing, I need to make plans and then cancel them. The only thing is, like, I I have no like the entire time I've been doing it, I keep wondering myself, oh god, am I doing this right? Because like I, I I'm answering the questions seriously. Like I'm not making a lot of jokes. This is a serious interview with shit posting on the side. No, we're totally fine. <laughs> like, we haven't even talked about Thingpone yet, and why <laughs> everyone needs to fuck Thingpone. Why, anyway. why you need to dip your penis in that. I dip my penis in a lot of stuff. Paint? Yes. Good. I'm like the, I'm the, I'm the Jackson Pole look of, of penis painting. Jesus right. Christ. Next question. What is your opinion on Chris Moon, uh, Chrysalis and Nightmare Moon? Chrysalis and Nightmare Moon. That's fucking weird. That's a new uh, I've never word. Even, I've never even heard of that. Um, I mean, it, I don't think it would end well. Like, I kind of, I kind of feel like it would end with one or the other, like biting the head off with the other one, like, like spider, spider-like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that would end well. But I mean, if if they're happy doing it at the time, then you know, all power to them. And then last but not least, from Brian Fiction, would you recommend watching the show, My Little Pony, to those of us that don't, but just read the fan fiction? Oh, yeah. Um, if you've never seen the, it's just sort of weird. Like, back in early fandom, when we only had 26 episodes, occasionally you'd get someone who'd be like, oh, I've only seen, like, half the episodes. And they would get, like, fucking chased out of the fandom. They were like, you haven't seen all the episodes? Go watch them. But now we have so many people who, like, either don't watch the show completely or, like, don't, don't watch it anymore, haven't seen lots of episodes. Like, I haven't seen the last two two and a half seasons, um, but I'm still writing. Um, but I mean, I, I would say, yeah, if you have the time, watch it. Like, if you need to, like, if you don't have time to like watch everything, get like an episode guide so like people can tell you what the best episodes are. But I mean, I'd say definitely it's worth it. It's a great show, even even uh, seven years later. Mm. Now we have a question from Glitch three one nine. What is your favorite game? Actually, we covered that. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, Chris, uh, Cyber Phazon GOTDM has some questions. Number one, would you think pwn or predator pwn? Ooh, think pwn. Good. All right. Number two, what food pony and drink pony would you go on a double dinner date with? Um, uh, food pony, it's gotta be pepperoni pizza pony. 
Um, nice. Cause you know, you got, it, it's, it's hot and it's melty. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then drink pony. Um, I would say, actually going back to a previous answer. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of soda in general, but I'm going to go with Coke pony. Um, yeah. Actually, no, actually, no, I actually change that, change that Pepsi because Coke pony, I feel like we'd be really, really stuck up. Um, so I'm going to go with Pepsi pony. It's just, it's just as carbonated. Um, but hopefully she would be a little bit like more modest. Well, I mean, everyone would be a bigger fan of Mexican Coke Pony, which is like virtually the same as normal Coke Pony, but he wears a sombrero, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so like, anyway, uh, number three, what two items would you ponify that are currently in your house, apartment, room, wherever you are right now? Would I ponify? Like, what do you mean? Like turn into a, oh God. Yeah. Cause this is related to the last questions. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, what would I ponify? Um, I, <laughs> looking around my room, all I see, um, there's a coat hanger. Maybe a coat hanger pony would be cool, I guess. Um, and, um, You'll never believe where my head's been. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a good feeling. Um, and then, oh, I have, a box of, I have a box of Oreos that I just threw away because I just finished it. So box of Oreos pony. <laughs> So the, the, box, the box, not the Oreos themselves, the box. So yeah, everyone like box. tries to get inside box of Oreo pony and then there's nothing inside, so they're just disappointed. Well, it's <laughs> kind of like you know in Dark Souls how they have like the the treasure chests that are actually monsters. It's sort of like that. Like someone opens up, opens her up, open opens him up. Actually, I think it would be, um, and they expect that Oreos, and then they just get bored. No, or or, or she, they just open up and find sewing equipment in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got that joke. Yes. All <laughs> right. Um, not to skip the rest of your questions, Cyber, but those are the only pony-related ones, and we are short on time. So now questions from Bloons3. For the discussion, what's an idea you've always wanted to write but haven't so far? Um, so I, I mentioned earlier I had the um, idea about um, Octavia and Vinyl being cousins, and it was about um, – vinyl coming to live with Octavia for the summer, um, like her, cause her mom sent her away. That's something I've always wanted to do. Um, there's a fic I'm writing right now, um, which I've been wanting to write for the past two years, um, which is about, um, it's the last day of school at, um, Canterlot High. And it's about, um, Sunset trying to confess her love to Principal Celestia before she graduates. That's the one that I'm writing right now. Um, so it's, so that one's that, um, other stories. Oh God, there's actually, yeah, there is a clop fic that I've been wanting to write for two years um about the dazzlings and how basically twilight goes to research the dazzlings and she mm -hmm. finds out that sirens base social structure off the size of their penises oh, um, that, is, that is one i've been wanting to write for like two years because someone gave me that idea i can't remember who it was um but i don't think it's ever going to get written anymore for various reasons mm -hmm. um so those are my answers that's great last but not least the final question we're, we're getting super deep from Mobile Sam, who we cannot thank enough for pushing us during this podcast over our $50 Patreon goal to Fuck sponsor yeah. a horse. Fuck yeah. We are now actually sponsoring a horse named Big Mac, and we will Fuck begin yeah. that at the end of the month. Yes. How do you feel about potatoes? Uh, How do you feel about potatoes? Uh, you know, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. They're all good. That... I like your answer. It's one, literally <laughs> like Mobile Sam asks that question almost every podcast, and that is the first time we've gotten that good reference. <laughs> nice. But that said, that is all the time that we have for this week. 
Dubs, thank you so much for coming on. We had a lot of fun. You brought a lot of really interesting, actual, like, actual educational content to the table. This is actually like a content, uh, uh, episode that people can watch and learn something from. Yeah, they can learn all about um, anal voring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean that too. Well, but thank still. you very much. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, it was an honor. This is the only. I, this, I, this is the only. I guess I've done one other podcast the entire time I've been in the fandom, and it was one that like no one ever watched. Um, so I'm glad to have this one that like people were actually paying some attention to. It's very nice. Of course. And then, of course, next week, since we're doing Equestria Daily Month, Milk, who do we have next week? You literally talked to them. <laughs> is, it, is it Ferret? Ferret was going to be last week, but she had to cancel it last month. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try and pull her back sometime in November. And who the fuck is it? Come on, Milk. <sighs> Damn it, man. Milk, we're going to kick your ass. Check the chat. Alex just posted it. <laughs> Cassius. Oh, Cassius. He, he, oh, oh, okay, Cassius. Um, <laughs> if, if Cassius is watching this, fuck you. Um, <laughs> man, I love this deep friendship that all the Equestria Daily folks have. And then, of course, the week after that, we're going to try to get... Pascal White, and then the week oh, after awesome. that is the big man himself, Sethisto. So <laughs> be sure to tune in next week and all the other weeks and whenever we do this all the time. And thank you for watching the Barcast. We have had Enigmatic Otaku. Gotta go drain the old anteater. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Clam and Orfer. No. <laughs> uh, I'm still disturbed by everybody here. Ravage. And of course, the wonderful Dubs Rewatcher. PayPal.me slash Dubs Rewatcher. <laughs> My name's Sweater Priest, and I think I need to go drink some Mind Bleach. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Mm, those ants. <laughs>